Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Today in Titletown Packers podcast. My name is Griffin. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at All Day Packers, and I'm joined, as always, by my good friend Braun, who you can follow on Instagram at Lambo.Leapers. We are coming back to you off of another Packers victory, the ninth of the season, nine and three on the 2021 season, and it feels good this week because we just beat the Los Angeles Rams, who are the paper Super Bowl champions for pretty much the entire season ever since they traded for Stafford. And uh, the score wouldn't tell you this, but we it was an absolute beatdown, and it was so enjoyable. And it's probably maybe the best game that they've played all season. Braun, how are you? I'm good, Griff. It was a great game, a lot of fun to go out and win one there, um, big one, win by eight against the. Uh, you know, that's supposed to be one of the good teams in this league, one of the better teams in the NFC. It's a playoff team at this point. So it felt good to go out there and win a football game that we needed to win. Back on the winning track here. Um, like you said, now sitting at 9-3, and three, it feels good going into the bye. We've got a lot to discuss, so I'm excited to obviously get into all that with you, Griff. Hope things are well. All season, we've been saying how the bye week, it's like, oh, we could really use the bye week this week. We really need the bye. But it feels, I'm kind of happy that it's right now. You know, week 13, we're so banged up and we've somehow crawled to the finish line at nine and three and we get the week of rest and we get the Bears on Sunday night. And I think we only play two road games the rest of the year. So it maybe this isn't the best scheduling in terms of where the bye week is, but Matt LaFleur and the Packers have done such a great job at taking advantage of it because now we get the late bye. We We've been nursing so many injuries and the the reports all season long with so many of these guys have been get just get to the bye week, including Aaron Rodgers, who, I mean, let's just get into some of the news that we have today, Braun. Aaron Rodgers will not be getting surgery on his little baby, on his little baby, little toe, pinky toe that he, uh, that he fractured, made it very clear. By it's Shane. always the, it's always the pinky toe. It's like, it's always like, oh, the little baby. It's like, it's, it is a toe. Like we don't have to go crazy. I mean, like, <laughs> why are we always calling it like the small little, like it's not, well, a, it's, it hurts. It does hurt. I'm sure. I'm sure it hurts. Oh, his little, his little, little, his little. It's like, just it's funny. Like, it's just I mean, funny. yeah, it's funny, but everybody acts like everybody always likes to. When LeBron goes cramps to, in the finals, you know? Yeah, but everybody likes to poke fun at Aaron. Like, it's like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't like you, Griff. Yeah. <laughs> well, he, you know, he had painkillers injected into it, so he couldn't feel it anyway. But, I mean, he's he's been great on this injured toe. Hasn't been practicing. Only one practice the past two weeks. But these past two weeks have been maybe the best two weeks of the season for Rodgers. I mean, if you look at the stats, he's been the best quarterback over the last two weeks. Two touchdowns, ran one in, uh, 300 yards for the second consecutive week. When's the last time he had 300 yards back-to-back games? Uh, I think it's been a long time, but it's nice when your quarterback can play like he has when he's when he hasn't been practicing. But uh, we, this bye week is crucial for a lot of guys, including David Bakhtiari, who it was reported last week, uh, literally the morning after we recorded last week's pod when we spent a whole segment talking about where, what's up with Bakhtiari, where's the candidness on um, David Bakhtiari's injury. And Ian Rappaport reports that he, he did have another second surgery just to clean up some of the stuff from the torn ACL. Makes a lot of sense. And it, I don't know, was it a setback? Maybe you call that a setback. But uh, the team wanted to get through the bye week. Hopefully the Bears Sunday Night Football they're going to send him out there. By the way, Bron, did you know I'll be at that game? Next time the Packers take the field, I will be I will be there. So maybe well, I can see David is, Bakhtiari's return. Yeah, that would be something to see the best left tackle in football play live. That's everybody's dream. There you go. Yeah, done it twice already. So, Oh, wow. Look at you. <laughs> this is going to be my second game at Lambeau Field, actually. So it, it's going to be cold. I hope. I mean, that's that's kind of what you go for, right? You, you want it to be cold. It's going to be a night game. I feel like it might be a tad bit miserable 
but it's going to be fun. You know, I'm excited. It won't be miserable. Come on. You think it's going to be miserable? We're <laughs> no, playing I the mean, Bears. Yeah, We're playing the Bears. It's going to be a yeah. big fat win. I'm just thinking about the, the weather because the last time a game, last time I went to a game, it was week 14, 2018 against the Falcons. Uh, Joe Philbin's first game as interim head coach. Um, it was big it milestone. Was, you couldn't miss that one. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was 20 degrees outside and, I was by the end of the. I wanted the game to be over so bad in the fourth quarter. My feet were freezing, and this game's going to be at night. But you know, well, it's, you it's you from Florida, I am Griff, from you Florida. from Florida. I mean, we all know like that's you're going to get a little shock, especially you, even if it's only twenty. Like it gets worse, obviously. Yeah, you know, like if it's if it's like in the forties, you'd that be game sure. Was in broad daylight too. Yeah. And the other game I went to was 2016 week one in Jacksonville. And that game was literally a hundred degrees. And my parents spent like a hundred dollars on water and Gatorade. So, uh, kind of the, the two ends of the, the weather spectrum there. I don't know. Early forecast. It's stupid to look at this forecast, but I think it's in like the, the 25 range for Sunday night. So maybe I won't get too cold, but either way, it's fun. This is what you go for. You go to freeze your balls off and uh, what were we talking about here? Oh, David Bakhtiari. So he's coming back off of his injury. Got Jair Alexander. I don't know, Ron. Do we think he's coming back? I don't think so, right? I mean, after the bye. For this week? Yeah. Uh, for, after for the bye? Week, yeah. I, I think they're going to wait Oof. a little bit more on him, right? I mean, we really don't know with these guys. With him we and don't know. and Josh I, Iron. You know what? I, I don't think – I don't think Z, but I feel like Jair is more likely than Z after the bye. Um, but – I don't know if either of them will be back, but I think I don't even know if David will. But <laughs> anybody else who's banged up, I feel like anybody else that's banged up bro. with Bogdiari. I know. I mean, it's At just like this return. weekly thing. I'm just gonna say for like, I'm just gonna say he's not coming back until like he's actually playing. Even when they say like, oh, he's gonna play this week, I'm just gonna assume he's not. Yeah, just oh, oh it sucks that we're not gonna have Bakhtiari out there. It sucks that we're not gonna have Bach, and then oh, pregame Bakhtiari's active, and it's that much more exciting. I mean, yeah. I think that might be what happens with Jair. No, nah, I'm sure he's gonna start practicing and everything. I don't know, maybe. I don't know what the deal with Rodgers is because he's not going to have surgery on the toe. So is he going to practice again all season? <laughs> I have to imagine he's going to he's going to get back out there, right? Hopefully, he starts to feel a little bit better with this bye. He wants he wants some kind of healing, I guess, like that. Hopefully, will come with without doing anything over the next week, and probably even that next week after ahead of the Bears game, he probably won't do much practicing either. But he'll get this extended period of time without work now, and maybe that'll help kind of deal with some of the pain and the management of that. Hopefully that kind of helps some kind of the healing process. And, and that would be big just to get him a little more, a little more mobile. But the thing is, as we saw in this past game and in weeks past as well, with this injury, he's been pretty mobile moving around well, but in the, in the back end of that game, we started to see him kind of limping around a bit. So hopefully he kind of shores that thing up and, and we're kind of back in a groove with him uh, kind of not feeling that same pain that he was feeling at the end of that game. Yeah, certainly. Maybe he has some um, other homeopathy remedies for the injured pinky toe. Um, that would be nice to get him back on the practice field because you have to imagine that this team can only get better when QB1 is practicing, just like it can only get better with all these guys coming back from injury. And the bye week, that's going to help a lot. Uh, it You know, bye weeks, I love them. you love them, you hate them because we got no game to look forward to this week. And that kind of sucks, having a Sunday with no Packers football. It's nice just to watch stress-free football, but... It's like, oh man, what am I supposed to look forward to? The next time they take the field is going to be two weeks from now. 
that kind of sucks, you know? Yeah. Well, to me, Griff, like when I'm thinking about this year and everything and like, it's, it's just, it's a nice stress-free opportunity to just, you, you mentioned like the stress-free games and it's stuff. It's not even that, like, to me, it's just like, we are coming off a big win. We look like the best. We are the best team in the league at this point. We just proven that we beat the team that beat the team with the Rams, the Cardinals, we've beaten these guys already. They beat each other, whatever. Like, we've beaten all these teams that there's no 49ers like there was in 2019. There's no Buccaneers like there was in 2020, although we haven't played them yet this year. They don't look as good as they were last year. But, I mean, we don't have that team that's hanging over us, right? Like, we look like the best team in the league. Now we just have to watch everybody else kind of fight it out. We're getting healthy. I'm looking forward to the fact that we're going to, you know, next time we step on the field, we're going to be a healthier team. We're getting the rest we need. And, and even though we don't have a game this week, I'm content just kind of relaxing a little bit, like as a fan in terms of just, you know, the anxious stuff we've had to go through. Some of these games, I mean, go, like just go back to that Bengals game or even week one, go all the way back to week one and that horrible game. It was like, what is going to happen this year? Like we start a game like that. How are we going to do this? Then go back to that Bengals game, which was like so crucial. Go back to the Niners game. The Bengals game was the most stressful game I think I've been a part of with all the missed kicks and the chance that we won. Then the Niners was kind of similar. And then we're going, you know, the Cardinals game and even the Chiefs game that we could have and should have won. All these games, right? Like the stress that we've had to go through this year. The Vikings game just last week. We've had to go through a lot this year. Let's just enjoy the fact that we're not going to – have a chance to lose this week. And to me, that's, that sounds like a loser's mentality. Like it sounds like something the lions would say, but, <laughs> but it just, it's fact, nice. We yeah. need to go, uh, Oh and L, which is better than Oh and one this week. Yeah. That's I mean, that's the lions mentality. Yeah. That's what they're thinking. I'm sure. But like, it is nice, you know, like we don't have to worry about like, we can just let the other teams fight it out for this week. And then to me, that's, that's good enough. That's what it is about the, the late bye week, man. It's, it sucks because you have at the beginning of the season you think, oh my god, we got to go thirteen, well twelve games without a without a break. But uh, once you get here, it is nice. It is nice. I'm sure the Packers, the players, are happy to be able to just, uh, I don't know, do they go on vacation this late in the year? Probably. I, I assume they do. And just they get to watch football and know that they're nine and three. Uh, as of right now, the two seed in the NFC, the the Cardinals are coming off of a bye this week, so. Uh, they're in a good spot for sure, and uh, they they can't lose this week, so that's nice. And they don't have to play a game, and they can just as it gets colder and as the season gets deeper. I mean, they've only got two road games left. That's the other thing. They've played so many road games already, and most of these games now are going to be at Lambeau. And we see how those games go when it's two degrees outside and no one wants to tackle AJ Dillon, you know. And Aaron Rodgers is totally in his element out there and the defense they get to play with all the confidence in the world because the the a team from LA is so out of their element playing in in the frozen tundra so it's it's a it's a nice situation that we're in it would be so so huge if we could get the get the uh the number one seed just to get the home field advantage it didn't work out last year (laughs) having a team from florida come up and uh beat us in the playoffs but hey man that's that's definitely our best shot and so you have to think that more times than not we're gonna win games at lambeau field we haven't lost a game yet at lambeau field you ever think about that i think the bucks haven't lost a home game either but i could be wrong there but it's only if there is another team it's the bucks and the bucks only because uh the packers are one of the only two teams not to lose a home game and that's what you get playing at lambeau field yeah this this group is definitely resilient at home 
um, we have the crowd, like we just have that effect just being at Lambeau. It's, it truly is the best place in the world. Like the, the atmosphere is unlike any other stadium. It's just like this place of heritage and it's this place of nostalgia and history. It's, it's so special. And that carries into what happens on the field as well. Um, you know, th- looking about this one seed, we'll get into the details of that probably towards the back end of this episode, but because we've still got a lot to talk about. We haven't even really touched anything on the, the game itself. <laughs> you haven't touched the thing. <laughs> we're, we're, what are we, we're quite a bit in here, and we have not even talked about the game. But there's a lot to talk about, and we've got a lot of reflecting to do. Um, sitting here at 9-3, and three, we're 13 weeks in. We've, we've gotten through the tough portion, right? Like, we've been through where we're at now is, is past that tough stretch. And like you said, it's a lot of home games here, and you're talking about that one seed. To me, it's not as much about getting that home field advantage as it is getting through that first round of the playoffs unscathed and getting healthy and and being the healthiest team coming out in in that NFC. And then you're playing a team that, you know, just went through a dog fight and barely escaped with a win. And we're looking fresh and healthy and we've got prepared uh, for both of the teams that were coming out and we're ready to go. Like I, I really want to get through because it gives us just one less opportunity and you, you consider us winning. We won a playoff game getting that number one seed, we won a playoff game, and we're already farther along than the other teams who have to fight it out once again. And that is what's so special about getting that one seed. And to me, that's why it's so important, and that's why I cover it so much. Even at this point in the year, it's it's the most important thing we can do. Um, getting that number one seed is, is the ticket to that next round of the playoffs and gets us closer to that Super Bowl championship that, Griff, you and I both desperately desire but have no control over as fans. Yeah, uh, you're obsessed with the playoff machine, Ron. As long as I've known you, you have been. The ESPN playoff machine is I mean, my absolute favorite thing in the world. The Packers, it are, is the best thing. They're in such a good spot right now because they just finished the tough stretch that we've been looking at all season long of Cardinals, Chiefs, Seahawks, Vikings, Rams. That was the five game stretch that uh, who knows how many games they would win there. They ended up winning how many? Three. One of them was with Jordan Love. One of the losses was so. I mean, three and one with Aaron Rodgers. It could have gone a lot worse than that. And now we get the Bears on Sunday night. We know what they are. Then we get the Ravens and Browns uh, back-to-back. If anyone watched that Sunday night game, maybe those aren't as tough as they seemed a month ago. And then we get the Vikings and Lions to close the year. So we're in a really good spot. You're right. The number one seed, is it's never meant more, given that last year was the first year that the, the number one seed was the only seed that got the bye week, and there was no fans last year. So this year, it really means more than it's ever meant in probably NFL history. But uh, let's get into this game here. We are so. That's a great that. point, Griff. That was a good point. I just wanted to say a very good point. Yeah, okay, there. It, it means more than ever, and you don't make many of them, but that was a very good point. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, okay. Griff. You make yeah, great points all the time. Yeah, no, okay. you make great points. Okay, let's get into the game here. Um, let's start with the offense because the offense was so efficient. Um, they kind of copied. I mean, we talked about this last week. They kind of copied the San Francisco 49ers attack on the Rams defense from that Monday night game two weeks ago where it was let's not a lot of yards per play. Let's pound the rock and go quick game because having an offensive line as beaten up as the Packers is going up against such a good defensive front, it's you're, you're not going to have a lot of time in the pocket, Rogers. So uh, I love the approach there of just going full on game manager, quick game, nothing over 20 yards pretty much i mean there was a few but most of it was three step drops get the ball out of your hand 
and uh, five, six yards a pop. And it was so efficient. Rodgers is maybe better at that than anyone in NFL history. I'm not even kidding. When he just goes, when he commits to being the game manager, he is so good at that. And he, it's the release, I think, that's that's what does the damages. He just, he doesn't even, because I mean, you look, I was looking at Stafford and he kind of, he kind of has to hit the top of his drop and then he kind of has to wind it up, you know, and then fire. Rodgers doesn't do any of that. He hits the top of his drop, doesn't have to even set his feet and just flicks it and gets it to where he wants to go. And that's why he's he's maybe the most talented quarterback in NFL history. We'll debate that another maybe. day. Okay, yeah, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> but I think he is one of the, seriously one of the best quarterbacks in NFL history at the quick game stuff. And it's a shame one that of, we don't do it more often. But, one um, of the best. When we do, it works so well. <laughs> <laughs> one of the best what are you I'm talking about Chris? totally tuning you out do you guys hear something yeah. uh so is, <laughs> um before you before you talk brown i got one nugget here uh time to throw i talk about this all the time it's one of my favorite pff stats it's the time from the quarterback taking the snap to when he throws it rogers on sunday was 2.46 which was his third lowest of the season um i don't know can you guess his his lowest game of the season brown this could be fun what do you think it was? Oh boy. Okay. So his lowest time to throw in a game? Yes, of this season. Okay, now I have to think a little bit. Let's see. Oh, week one. No, no. Oh wow. Yeah, okay. Good guess there, uh, but no. Okay, can I get one more guess? One uh, more guess. Sure. Okay. Thanks. Let me think now. Um, think injuries. What? Oh, okay. Think, yeah. Like, so it's got to be get that the ball first. Out of your hands. Okay. Well, it had to be. I don't know which game it was, but probably the first game with Yash. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, at San Francisco. There you go, and we won that game. Yeah, we won that game. 2.04. I mean, that's absurd. 2.46 was his third lowest. (laughs) I mean, it doesn't sound like a lot, but that's a lot when you're dealing with averages. So his lowest of the season was 2.04 at San Francisco, and his second lowest was at Arizona. And the common denominator there is injuries. It's Matt LaFleur, we've talked about this a lot this season, he goes so deep in his bag when – he has injuries on anywhere on offense and uh, it just gets it. They just make it look so easy when they're able to just play the quick game and get the ball out of Rogers hands. Because when you're going up against the Cardinals defense, which has been so good all year or the 49ers defense with uh, Nick Bosa, you, and you have Yash Nijman playing at left tackle. You got to get the ball out of your hands. And that's what Rogers did all game in all three of these games. And at Arizona, we had no wide receivers either. So that was, that was one of the best games of the season in terms of Matt LaFleur's coaching abilities, just being able to scheme up Jawan Winfrey into good looks. That's when this offense looks like it's maybe at its best when Aaron is able to just get the ball out of his hands. And uh, maybe injuries, I mean, injuries are obviously bad, but they kind of force LaFleur and Rodgers' hands there where you don't have time to sit back there and wait for the deep stuff to open up. You got to you gotta get this ball out now. You got to hit A.J. Dillon right away in the flat. You got to throw the stick concept right away to MBS. And it always works out well when they play that type of football. So you mentioned earlier about the way that we kind of copied a little bit of what the Niners were doing in that matchup where they beat the Rams by 21 points. And to me, I agree with you, but the difference is we have Aaron Rodgers. They have Jimmy Garoppolo. We had much more success throwing the football than they did, even though they did have a good amount of success. You know, Rodgers was 
um, much more efficient than anything they could do on offense with Jimmy Garoppolo, right? And that's what makes us such a special football team is because we have what all these other teams want. We have the young play caller in Matt LaFleur, like the Kyle Shanahan or Sean McVay, but we've also got the veteran quarterback that is able to do everything he wants at the line of scrimmage. And when they marry, Rodgers marries his absolutely unmatched intellect on the football field with the young play calling of Matt LaFleur, what he does. But did I mention he's young? Because people love to talk about the youth of these guys. <laughs> yeah, he's very young. You gotta have and gotta handsome. have a young head Don't coach. That he's handsome. And handsome. Hottest head coach in the league, according to Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. The shirt we saw. Um, also also a poll was taken where Matt LaFleur was voted that. So if he doesn't get coach of the year, at least he gets that. But Yeah, uh, I mean what's more important there, you know? Right, obviously, yeah. But so the thing is is like you have the play calling that Matt LaFleur provides and his great um, designs that he's able to, you know, come up with that are very relatively new to what the NFL has to offer. And then you've got, like I said, what Aaron has to offer in terms of the stuff he does at the line of scrimmage, the pre-snap, even post-snap looks that he's able to identify. You marry that together. No other team in the league can say that they have that. It's just not that way. You know, the 49ers want it and they try to, they're trying to get it with Trey Lance, who they just drafted. Jimmy Garoppolo is, is too much of a game manager who can't make those big throws. Um, the Rams tried to get that with Matthew Stafford, but he's turning into Mr. Picky with these sixes that he's throwing around, <laughs> just throwing pick sixes left and right to guys that we've never heard of, except our guy we've heard of, Rasul Douglas, who we'll talk about very soon. But he is just throwing balls to anybody who wants them, and, and guys are dropping them, and, and he's like, you should have picked that off. I wanted to give you another one. And he's like, oh, I wanted to, but it just I could not believe that you threw it right in my hands and it hit me in the face. I couldn't believe it. So these guys are just absolutely un, you know, they're just shocked that this guy is throwing so many balls right into their hands that they're starting to drop them. It's ridiculous. This guy is just a joke of a quarterback compared to some of these other players that we've seen like Aaron Rodgers. He's just been awful these past three weeks, even though he was supposedly an MVP. And now Aaron Rodgers has taken his place in that regard. Griff, would you like to say anything? That's what's so funny about the Rams, man. It's, because they've been, you know, they've been a good offense with Jared Goff. Obviously, Jared Goff has snuck it up since he left. And before Sean McVay got there, he snuck it up too. But uh, they were a good offense. Goff had some really good years in that system. And Stafford coming in was that he's the X factor. He's the rocket launcher at quarterback who can stretch the ball down the field. And he can he opens up the entire field, which Jared Goff couldn't do. And now he's not doing that. Like you said, he's turning into Mr. Picky. <laughs> Um, but that's his new name. What's so funny is people acted like they had never seen that before as if Rogers hasn't played two seasons in pretty much the exact same system, not the exact same system, but very similar. That's what, that's what, what really broke the ground was Rogers putting, cause all these offenses around the league, the Kyle Shanahan, whatever you want to call it, that tree of offenses, they've had quarterbacks like Kirk Cousins, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jared Goff. I mean, there's just these game manager guys who are going to win you games when everything's going right. But once you take them out of that offense and take some of the players out from under them, they turn into absolute dog poop like Jared Goff has. And so people acted like they had never seen anything like it with Jer- with Matthew Stafford in the offense, as if Rodgers didn't win MVP last year doing it for 16 games. Well, 15 games if you take out the Week 6 Bucks game because he did not do it that game. But you know what I mean. He... he played like Stafford did early on in this season, all season last year. And that's what Rodgers is. I mean, that obviously there's 
quite the difference between Stafford and Rodgers. No one's really going to argue that. But really, that's what it is, man. Rodgers is able to put together seasons where in this season, too. Um, where he just looks like an absolute X factor and a beast in this offense when you combine him, like you said, when you marry his God-given abilities with this great schematic offense, it's able to be one of the best offenses in the league, if not the best offense in the league. Then we have a second X factor too, which is Devontae Adams, who we can put anywhere, who can seriously play from anywhere, and no one can cover him. And the, the Rams have something similar with Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup, but they're just inferior. They're just not not quite as good as uh, as what the Packers have. And they also have a worse coach, which I don't know. Is that a hot take? Sean McVay is not better than. No, that's not a hot yeah, take. That's not Sean McVay take. is one of the worst time managers I've seen in this football he, game. He's like especially bad at that, dude. It's every that's year. What I, For a long time, was, he's been really This was bad when he that. was when he was in that best coach conversation when he was winning games with the Rams. Like I always would watch their football games and just wonder what is this guy doing? And like his time management has always been poor. And that's one thing that Matt LaFleur, I feel like most of the time is really good at. Uh, And that's, you know, some of these things just separate. I just, you know, I feel like Sean McVay, just not on that level of Matt LaFleur. And it's funny because he came first and was that first guy that everybody, you know, once McVay came, he was the first of the young coaches that was having a lot of success. Then came Kyle Shanahan, then came Matt LaFleur and, and all the rest that have come since then. But I feel like Matt LaFleur has, you know, far and away separated himself based on the fact that they've done so much winning since he – you know, as soon as he got, got in there, they, they went to the NFC Championship game, then they did it again. Here we are in year three, and, you know, we're on pace to get back to that similar spot again. And um, what, is the, what is that noise, Bron? Did you hear that? I kept hearing like a – No. I don't know. You still hearing something? No, not anymore. I was. Though. It was probably somewhere down here, like something. I don't know. I'm in the basement. Yeah. Okay. Well, what? I was thinking about this earlier today, Bron. A Super Bowl. It's like sometimes I get so caught up in the moment of like, what, what really does a Super Bowl mean? But a Super Bowl, it commemorates the season, and it makes sure that that season will be remembered forever. So, if 2021, if this season ends with a Super Bowl, I hope so. Um. Every single week of the year will be remembered, and even the seventeen nothing game against Seattle, which literally I can't remember one play that happened in that game, that will be remembered forever, and that's really nice. That's really nice, you know, because like twenty twenty Rogers MVP season, no one's going to talk about a single game from that season ever again. But he he won MVP, that was cool, but it, the Bucks won it all that year, so that season is going to be forgotten, forgotten by the history books, you know. But uh. If we can win a Super Bowl this year, it changes everything. That's a, I don't know, it's just something I was thinking about earlier. Well, you know, honestly, I think about that a lot too. And, and one thing that I think some of our listeners may relate to is the fact that we've documented, you know, these several last few seasons and to have, you know, however many games and episodes, you know, detailing the matchups, recapping them, previewing the next one, like that would be special to have like an archived weekly, you know, podcast like we do of a Super Bowl season, I feel like that would be really special, especially when you talk about looking back years and years from now of a Super Bowl season. I think that is something that would be really, really cool. Um, so hopefully hopefully we will listen to these again. And this will be future self. I just want to say you probably turned out great and <laughs> Super Bowl champions. I Sometimes I listen to the old 2019 ones, our first season doing this, and it's like, God, God. I, I mean, my – 
my voice isn't very deep now, but it was so high back then. And we were we were literally 17 years old. Mason, if you remember Mason, <laughs> if you remember Mason, you're an OG listener. And maybe he'll be back next week. No promises. But we're trying to bring him on. But um, yeah, that 2019 season, it's like sometimes I just listen just to think about like, Last year, I did a lot thinking about how good our offense was last year and how much how much worse it was in 2019 and how every game we were coming out of 2019 talking about how, how disappointing the offense had been. And it was so much different uh, last year. Now it's kind of somewhere in the middle this season. But um, yeah, we're going to have every game, assuming we can win a Super Bowl this year, which I mean, I'm not assuming that. But, you know, if we do win a Super Bowl this year, we're going to have every game, which is going to be really cool to listen back to, except week one. Didn't do a week one recap or a preview. I was at Disney World, actually. So and not that we wanted to talk about that game a whole lot anyways. What was up with that game in hindsight? Seriously, what 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 happened? How crazy that is that? I, I really think that? something is in the air in Florida, which Rogers just doesn't just doesn't vibe with, bro. Maybe the whole team. And you know what's crazy too? That, that we, we were literally the healthiest we were all year in that game. <laughs> And then it was never the same again. Like Z, that was the game Z left and hasn't come back. Ja is gone still, but he was there. Like all these guys were healthy. The only guy we didn't have was David. Uh, That's it. Like we had everybody Literally what happened? No idea. I don't even want to honestly look back or think about it, but I have no idea. Like this, well, I mean this, I don't know. I don't know. New defense. Is that what it was? Maybe. I mean, the offense sucked that game. Yeah. (laughs) What happened there? (laughs) <laughs> new offense no actually <laughs> actually this is the third year of after we had the best offense in the league yeah literally what happened what happened was know. it the i mean maybe you can blame it on the offseason um anyways every team oh, i don't know this That's, season's, yeah. well, this season's know. so weird dude because every team has that game so it's like no one even remembers that game anymore because every single good team has had a game like that like the the freaking uh the bucks just lost to the football team a couple weeks ago the Bills lost to the Jaguars. Like, what? That was also in Jacksonville. Maybe something's in the air in Jacksonville. Um, but this season is well, what so What about weird. the Washington game? <laughs> was that in Jacksonville, too? <laughs> <laughs> no. The, I, I'm kidding. Oh, okay, okay. Anyways, this season's so weird, but it also makes it more fun, you know? Because it's like most years, both one seeds is kind of a lock to make the Super Bowl. But this year, it's kind of – the playoffs are going to be a lot of fun. Especially if what we are get you the talking bye-week. about. We were the one seed last year, and we were no lock. Last year, okay, but if you go back in time, when was the last time the one seed didn't make the Super Bowl? Probably like not long ago. If I, I had to check, am I going to fact check you on this? Go ahead. I'm okay, interested. Let's do this. Okay, I'm going to cut out the dead air. Yeah, last year the one seed in the AFC was the Chiefs. They made the Super Bowl. Okay, 2019, 2020, the one seed was the Ravens. They did not make it. But the one seed in the NFC was the San Francisco 49ers. Let's go back to 2018. The one seed was the Chiefs. They did not make it. <laughs> and the one seed was the Saints. They didn't hey, make you're it. You're on a roll. <laughs> you are on a roll, my friend. Uh, well, 2017, Patriots and Eagles. 2016, Patriots and oh, Cowboys. We beat the Cowboys. How about that? Okay. Well, Whatever, dude. Whatever. I'm keeping my point. That's okay. Yeah. Hey, another good well, point. The point you. still stands that, Yeah. you know, most year there's that dominant team that it's like everyone's favorite. But this year it's like the Super Bowl predictions. What are, What is what is ESPN going to predict in January when the playoffs start? Hopefully I want 
it was so nice last year having the bye week in 2019, having the bye week where we could just sit on the couch and watch wildcard weekend because playoff football is just so fun. And this year, I think it's it's going to be so good. You're telling me, man, how fun is it to know that we have advanced to the next round watching those other teams fight each other for to play us or, the, you know, the chance to move on. And we're sitting there at the top, uh, you know, sitting in our perfect one seed spot that has us lined up to play at home against one of these teams that's going through a dogfight. It is the best feeling, and it's so fun because these games are always so good and the stakes are so high. And regardless of what happens, even if it's a blowout, right, if it's a blowout in the playoffs, it, it, it means so much for the team's future. It's like you got blown out, and w- what's going to happen? Like you have to make changes. Like everything matters. Even if it's a boring game, it means a lot because it just has so much stake and it has so much – uh, that that matters for the future of the the football team and the league. Uh, so so much fun. Cannot wait for the playoffs. And hopefully, like I said, hopefully we're in that one seed spot, so we don't have to worry about some of those things. Yeah, hopefully. Um, this the seven seed is so so stupid, but it, it kind of does make things fun, especially in the AFC where it's so cloudy and every team kind of sucks. In the NFC right now, the seven seed is the Washington Football Team. Ugh, they just won their fourth game. Fifth game? I, I have no idea. But they, that's gross. Five the, and six. The Chicago yeah. Bears made the playoffs last year with Mitch Trubisky. Remember Mitch Trubisky? I really miss that guy. Um, at least they still have Nagy. Yeah, at least. Well, hopefully for long. But, um, you know, Mike McCarthy used to say, don't talk about playoffs till you get to 10 wins. So we're kind of breaking the golden rule there, Ron. Well, he's not our head coach anymore. He has COVID. Anyways. Um, what? <laughs> He's not our head coach anymore. And yeah, yes, he has COVID as well. Let's just have back on the guy a little more. <laughs> uh, anyways, offensive line. I mean, that's the other thing about getting the ball out of Aaron's hands. The offensive line kind of doesn't matter because Miller, I think they only sacked uh, Rodgers once, anybody on the Rams, but Miller didn't do anything. Donald didn't do anything on the stat sheet other than pressure him a ton. And they were they were in his lap a lot, but the ball was out of his hands, so it didn't really affect anything. Um, that's what's so beneficial about uh, getting the ball out of Aaron's hands against a great defense with a bad O-line is that it kind of negates their impact. No sacks, one hurry for Von Miller. No sacks, one hurry for Aaron Donald. No sacks, one hurry for Leonard Floyd. When you do that, like you mentioned with Rodgers throwing the ball, getting out of his hands quick. Um, that's really, you know, the offensive line, like you said, it doesn't matter as much. And people talk about the offensive line being the most important thing with the new age way of, of trying to get the ball out of quarterback's hands quick. Um, that's really a relatively new thing. It's not, it's not, you know, something that's been around for a long time. A lot of it has been drop back stuff, escape the pocket. Like this is relatively new and it negates some of the, the value of offensive line play. Um, and it's helped the Packers through these injuries that they've suffered um, with guys like Yash and Royce Newman and John Runyon out there in place of guys like David Bakhtiari and Corey Lindsley, who's not here, and, of course, Elton Jenkins, who's now out for the year. It's been helpful to have Aaron Rodgers continue to get the ball out of Sands fast. God, what I would do for Corey Lindsley to still be in Green Bay. Uh, Royce Newman is really bad. He's like, ugh. It, it sucks that we're going to have to – we talked about this last week. It sucks that we're just going to have to deal with him for the rest of the year. But, I mean, no offense to the guy. If you're listening, Royce, no offense. I really I, – I have a bad track record with former right guards in Green Bay, so I don't want to burn any bridges here. But, Byron um, Bell. Byron Bell is back, baby. 
I'm sure Royce is a great guy, but watching him on Sundays, it's getting old. Uh, Yash, Yash Neiman. I mean, I've always said Yash Nishman, but Joe Buck was saying Yash Nyman. I have no idea how to say that. But well, um, if he ever comes on the podcast, we better get that right. Yeah, we're going to have to ask. Or if he's listening, like Royce, you say, is re- if Royce is listening, I'm sure Yash is too. Okay, so maybe they're, maybe Royce, they're playing this in the, in the meeting room. Maybe they're playing this in the meeting room like every every player on the team is listening. I hear a lot of I hear a lot of guys in the league do listen to today in title time. So, um, I, even guys from other teams like I think. Yeah. Well, yeah, they want to, you know, especially when they're about to play the Packers, they want to know. Um, you want to hear something interesting before you make another point? Yeah. You remember all this stuff that was going on with Jair? Yeah. Following oh, the, yeah. Yeah, he follows following the he follows every opponent. Yeah. He follows every opponent during the week leading up to the game. That's such That's a just, Jair thing to do, isn't it? Isn't that fascinating? I really miss that guy, man. He will be back, I hope. <laughs> well, I think he'll be back. Yeah, I, I can't wait. You man. never know. But, that um, will be so good to clean up some of the mess that Kevin King was making. Oh, jeez. Oh, geez. it'll be fun. Okay, qu- couple. Qu- uh, we are so we've we've been all over the place this podcast. Couple quick points about the offense. Then I want to talk about the defense. So uh, here I have written down Yash holding up. He's been good. You know, Aaron said he's not thinking about the left side a whole lot. That's a compliment. He he kind of he kind of got pushed back in Aaron's lap a few times, but he he played really well. And his robot is killer. Um, EQ. He needs to be on the field more. And Alan Lazard, I'm sorry, buddy, but what do you? What does he really bring to the offense other than run blocking? He's built like a tight end, and he can't catch all of a sudden. He doesn't make plays. What happened to him, man? I don't know, man. I he mean, used he's... to be one of the sure-handed. Like he was the most sure-handed guy on our football team at one point. Yeah, man. I mean, it's he's like, just dropping everything at this point. He's now. not dropping easy passes, but he just doesn't make enough plays. And EQ, yeah. at least, he brings the speed. EQ, man. I cannot say enough man. about this guy. He, he is German? flashing. Yes, he is very, very good right now. He's he's doing the things that we got so excited about when he was drafted, Griff. Yeah, remember know, how dude. much we loved him. It man? takes me back. He, his his catch radius, it's all back. Everything the is coming radius. back. You remember <laughs> how much we talked about his catch radius? radius? Yes, he is. He was flashing everything, and he's now the past few games. He's looked like a great player for us. And how about what he's doing on special teams? Special teams, he's making plays. Yeah. This guy is doing it all in any in any po- capacity that he can. And this feels like a guy who wants to play big minutes on a playoff football team right now. And he, I'm so glad he's on the roster again. He's playing great. I'd like to see him continue to get more reps. He needs more reps. Over Allen at this point. I really also hope that Randall Cobb is not hurt because he has looked as good as ever, this oh, guy. Oh, Randall, man. Yeah. How about Randall Cobb? Almost Randall going Cobb. for a – he's going for 95 yards in the first half, this guy. My <laughs> goodness. And a this is the guy we want. And the touchdown, of course. Stolen this is route the guy from Minnesota, wanted. by the way. This – yep, the choice. This <laughs> is exactly what we wanted with Randall Cobb, and I yeah. cannot stress this enough. Victory lap for me and you both, Griff. Randall Cobb is back. Glad Randall that Cobb Brian glad that Brian did it for us. Having Aaron send him – well, I say Brian doing it, but really general manager Aaron Rodgers kind of forced – Oh, my God, dude. Did you hear Troy Aikman on Sunday? He's like – and after like Cobb's first catch, he was like, and this is the guy that Aaron – um, like just just say he traded for him, Troy. Just yeah. say he, he traded for Randall Cobb. Um, yep. I can't imagine this receiver core without – Randall Cobb. He makes it all look better. Hopefully he's not out for too long. Uh, the groin injuries, those are kind of like not great, for especially for a receiver. It's kind of like the hamstring injury of you really don't know when they're going to be back because you don't want to push him don't want to push him out there too early, you know? They are nagging injuries, obviously. You know, those things can come right back. 
the more you work them, the worse it gets. Like, so it's kind of like a rest and heal up kind of thing. Hopefully the bye week helps with that, but it's really, you know, it can come back as soon as you do one thing after resting for a week. It's, it really is a tough thing to deal with. They'll know when he's ready. If he has to sit a couple games, like hopefully not, maybe, maybe he sits like after the bye week, he sits that game against the bears and the bear killer. We need him, but oh, man. You know, hopefully I know that would be a shame. Right. But I mean, hopefully he can play then we'll see what happens, but he played really well yesterday and he's continuing to do that. And I can't stress it enough how glad I am to have him back with us. So such I you can't overstate how great of a player he is and how great member of the locker room he is. And he looked great with Devontae, just making it easier for everybody. And his connection with Aaron, so good. Griff, I'm thrilled to have him. And I mean I just he's running not wait until he's back. Running angle routes from the backfield, like it's two thousand fourteen. So um looking explosive. He looks explosive too, doesn't he? Like he on a he had a like a check down. Uh I think it was in the second quarter and he, he took it for what? 30 yards. Yeah, what did he dude, do? Dude, he bloated. I was like, he Damn, is so how is he? good. How old is he? Who cares? He's so good. Yeah. This guy is a legit weapon. I love this player, man. He is so good. Just love him. This episode is going to be two hours long, bro. But I'm having fun Good. here. So let's talk We're about having fun. Let's, let's go roll. to the defense. Let's go to the defense. Um, We've got fan questions later, everybody got, too. So get ready. Strap in. Questions. Strap in, baby. We got some good stuff coming here. <laughs> okay, so Kevin King not playing. I had a hypothesis earlier. I was going to make it into a post on Instagram. Decided not to because I don't want to be mean. And also the data didn't really back me up. But it, it kind of it did back me up, but not enough to post it. You know. But here's my hypothesis. This defense is much better when Kevin King's not on the field. And I did all the math. Bro, that's like, that's not a hypothesis. That's like, yeah, duh. Like, what? <laughs> um, well, I don't know, man, because look at this math. I did all the math, did all the research, hashtag. Um, so the no King on the field, passer, opposing quarterbacks have a passer rating of 82.45 without Kevin King on the field. Um, with Kevin King on the field in games that he plays, you want to guess? 101.5. Mm, 92.76. Oh, so, I mean, so it's, close. It's, quarterbacks are definitely better when King is on the field, according to the, the stats. It also comes down to, like, you know, he's he, he's probably played better quarterbacks when he's on the field than uh, when he's not on the field. But it, this is why I didn't post it. But um, I think the point stands, um, and it's backed up by reason, that when Kevin King is on the field, we've talked about this before, um, it's kind of a glaring target for the Tom Brady's of the world, as in the NFC Championship game. Uh, the secondary is a weak link unit where if you have a guy like Kevin King who just gets beat 80% of the time, then the quarterback can just throw at Kevin King all game long, and it's going to work out well for the offense. So kind of taking him out of the lineup is addition by subtraction there. And Rasul Douglas, I mean, even when King is healthy, I think Rasul has got to take some of his snaps. I wish he didn't give up the long touchdown to OBJ because that ruins the stats. It kind of ruins the the great game that he's been having and the great season that he's been having as a Packer. But uh, the pick six, what more can you say? Who's the last cornerback that you can remember in a green and yellow uniform that can make that play, Bron? Because, I mean, when's the last time we had a pick six? I think it was Chandon Sullivan week two of last year against Matthew. I was Stafford, just going to say, yeah, Chandon. Chen, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's got a, you know, we're starting to realize what's going on here with Matt Stafford, if yeah. anybody hasn't noticed. But I mean, he looked like, he, he just looks so athletic out there, and that's everything Kevin King is not. Um, 
He's the a- one pass breakup, the one I, – I don't know if you know which – he had like four, so it's hard to kind of pinpoint one exactly. But I forget who he was covering. I want to say it was OBJ, but he just absolutely caught up with him. I think it was OBJ. And just at perfect timing, gets his hand, smacks the ball, perfect timing, and just knocks it away. He makes it like a diving effort in the air. Like, he has been so, so good. Like, I don't care what anybody says. Like, even giving up that touchdown, you have to compare, like – Yes, the one bad play, the touchdown, whatever. That is Odell Beckham, first of all. It's a good, really good receiver. And he's was on the practice squad of the Cardinals, and he was not playing football. And he's played not great football over the years for a lot of teams. And he's doing this now, making enough breakups to really make up for that one bad play where Odell Beckham Jr. beat him deep, uh, you know, with with Matthew Stafford. The game was over like there. Would, right. It's, so. they, they were, the game was over there. This is what I'm talking about. Like, Rasul Douglas had been great up to that point. He got the pick. He almost had another pick, as we recall. I mean, this guy is just so sticky in coverage. And the, he finds the ball. The ball comes his way. He, he could have had another one against the Vikings on that Adam Thielen play that was one of the ones that cost us the game. But he was there, just awkwardly missed it. But, I mean, this is it's another one of those things where, like, we find this guy and he's been playing so well and he just had another fantastic performance really similar to what Devondre has done for us. Like I feel like him and Rasul have been similar guys in the fact that they've, they had, they didn't do much before they came to green Bay, but what they're doing now is some of the most important stuff that goes on with this football team. Devondre again, having another great game. Those two have been so good for us and and they're going to be key down the stretch as well. The trio of Jair, Rasul and Stokes is, is really appealing. Maybe even Jair, Rasul and Chandon because Stokes he he's taken his lumps this year. He's definitely you can tell he's a rookie. He's he's really bad at playing the ball. He's got no idea where the ball is, dude. But um, that's that's he has no idea one. what a ball is. He has no idea what a ball is. <laughs> he's he cannot make a pick. He's been really he's solid. Great in coverage. Coverage. He's great in coverage. He's all the I like him a lot. that they drafted him for. But um, it's I don't want to risk him covering Mike Evans in the NFC Championship game, you know? So I would maybe maybe they go with Jair, Rasul, and Chandon as the starters, but they're probably going to go with Kevin King. <sighs> yeah. Wow, yawns are contagious even over audio, fun <sighs> fact. Okay. Um... Griff, I thought this was one of the better defensive performances apart from some of those big plays. That was the one different thing. Like we we allowed two really big plays in this game. The one to Van Jefferson early. I think that was Chandon in coverage, right? Am I wrong about that? No, I I'm right. And then it was also the one to OBJ. Those two were the difference in this football game to me and and we have to clean that up. That's the one thing we haven't been doing all year long. The defense played really well, but those two big plays were the were the big ones that kind of uh, made this game look a little worse than it was. Um, and we didn't talk much really about like how the offense played in this game, but I thought Rodgers was super, super efficient. I thought he dealt the ball with so much authority. He made some ridiculous, ridiculous throws, as he always does. We mentioned Randall Cobb. Devontae obviously went over 100, so he had a great game. The running game was strong. A.J. Dillon did his thing. Aaron Jones kind of just getting back in the fold didn't do much. But the offensive line held up. Rodgers looked great. And that was really all we needed. And we got to those 30, uh, what did we get, 38, 36? Whatever we got, 36 points we got to, 30 being from the offense. Uh, well, I don't know what I'm saying. We had points. We scored. 
we I don't because the pick six I'm talking about, so that kind of took some of those points off the board. Um, no, yeah, no, I'm right. Okay, cut all this out. <laughs> we had the thirty. I forgot we went for two on the pick six or whatever. I don't know which we went for two. We got thirty points on offense. Is all I know. I think. Yeah. Um. The the deep stuff. Once again, second week in a row that this that's something this defense has been so good at limiting all year is the deep ball. But once again, it comes back to bite us. I'm looking at we only blitzed Matthew Stafford one time. I mean, can you believe that? We blitzed what? him one time. Well, what? Uh, well, I'm trying to think like, you know, the pressure that we got. Yeah, he was under pressure a lot. He was under pressure 15 dropbacks out of 40. So it's a pretty good percentage there. But um, a lot of it. He was just making bad throws, really. Like, there were guys that were open. He was just missing them straight up. And, you know, there's a report early Sunday morning that he's injured. Chronic chronic back pain? Like, what? Yeah, I know. I saw that. It was like, he's got arthritis. He has a broken hip. Chronic back pain for a quarterback. Are you playing or not? Literally, like he's doing those commercials, those commercials with the the button alerts that you press that with on a necklace. <laughs> the life he's alert. fallen and he can't get up. Yeah, life alert. I've fallen yeah. and I can't get up. Sponsor us, life alert. But uh, yeah, I don't know, Matt. When you, are you playing or are you gonna? Because if you're playing, then we need to hear you shut up about the injuries because <laughs> we don't have time to put excuses out on the board for your pick sixes, Mister Picky. <laughs> Well, it wasn't him who leaked it. Well, it could have been his agent, but I'm sure he had something to do yeah. with it. Yeah, this guy is just row. trying to make up. Yeah. yeah, and then he was like, "Well, now I'm playing the best team in the league, so I got to come up with some kind of excuse before I go yeah, out here right. and throw another pick six. Well, you could tell he just didn't want to get hit. He wasn't stepping into his throws. He was kind of line drives all over the place that were just sailing over guys' heads or wide left or wide right. He was all over the place, but um. Speaking of wide left and wide right, how about Mason Crosby only missing one of those things yesterday? Okay, we... That was a big one. Yeah, that was good. You know, every time Mason Crosby goes up to kick, I go, <gasps> and my dad is like, you have no faith in Mason Crosby? I'm like, have you been watching all season, guy? No, I don't. I really don't. But we <laughs> well, have he played great. He really played... I mean, okay, yeah, well, he we'll played get into good. it. When a kicker misses a kick, he can't say he played great, Bron. Well, he played... I was going to say, he played great... Uh, you know, many thought that he was the biggest player in that football game due to the fact that he was making all those kicks, including the extra points and some of the longer field goals that he had to kick. He made some big kicks for us and then just hit the post on that one. You know, it's a shame, but I feel like it was a step he in the right direction. He was hugging that upright the entire game. Yeah, he was, but he's, I mean, we he was kicking at Lambeau in yeah. the 15-mile-an-hour wins. Big one. It was. Yeah, I thought it was whatever. a big game, big step for him in the conditions. Big. I thought it was a big game for Mason. Yep. Um. Ugh, I'm so tired. Let's move on to fan questions. We have a question wow. about Mason Crosby somewhere in here. I don't know if I'll be able to find it. Let's start with Reese English, friend of the show. What potential playoff teams do we match up the best and worst with? Oh God. Well, it starts with Tampa Bay, right? We. I mean, we probably don't we match, match up, up the, the worst best with, with them, Bay? considering they've beaten us. No, I, I mean, well, you look about, well, yeah. think about the teams that we've played. Well, think about it. Look, we beat we beat Arizona, who's the best, you know, record wise. They they have played one less game than us. They're the best record wise. We beat them. We just beat the Rams in that division. And then who else did we beat? We beat Washington, who's in the playoff picture right now. And we beat um, Arizona. We, beat, we no, I mentioned Arizona. There's another team we've beaten in the. Uh, it's the what is it? I'm thinking. Oh, hold on. God. The uh, it's the Packers, the Cardinals, the Cowboys, not the, Rams, the Saints, Washington. I think you're. I think you're all out of teams maybe, here. 
I'm not out of teams. There's more. Let me look. I've got it. Hold on. We beat Seattle. We did beat Seattle. Okay, they there's three and eight now. Uh, San Francisco. There oh, you go. Oh, San Fran. There it San is. Francisco. Wow. Who? So who do we match up bad with? I mean, I, I think Tampa we match up worst. with a lot of these teams. I think, we, yeah, no, I think we Tampa beat, Bay. Well, the problem is I think we beat all these teams, but the worst is clearly Tampa Bay based on the fact that we did lose to them. We did lose to them last year, and we lost to them twice. At One in the big game. At full health on a neutral field, Tampa Bay is probably still the best team in the league. I mean, they're just they're oh. so loaded. I mean, dude, are you kidding me? You're going to argue this? They're They're loaded at every position. Well, yeah, maybe on paper, but, like, we're going to beat them if we play them this year. Okay. I remember a very confident Braun in January 2021. 20, well, I didn't think um, Kevin King would What am I doing here? Do what he did. Okay, what? well, Reese, to answer your question, the Bucks would be the worst. Who who do we match up best with? Maybe Washington. I mean, that's who we'd uh, well, be playing I, right uh, now if okay. the playoffs started today, so. Think about these think about the Power 5 of this NFC, right? You think about that. I've posted about it quite a bit. It's Green Bay, it's the Cardinals, it's Dallas, it's the Rams. And it's that Bucks team, right? So those are the power five, I would say, if you're looking at the, the top five teams. And if we look at those four, right, the four premier teams in the playoffs apart from us, who do we match up best with? Because, of course, we match up better with Washington than we do with, let's say, Dallas. But who do we match up with out of these four teams that are going to be in the mix for the best conversation? I would say you look at Dallas's corners and how bad they That's are. That's exactly what I was going to say. That, thank you. Right. It, like, I feel like that cornerback room is just so bad. Even their good corner, Trevon Diggs, is not very good in reality because he gives up a lot of yards. He just finds the ball in his hands a lot because he gets targeted a lot. And, you know, that's why he has so many picks. Um, also, it's Mike McCarthy. Rodgers knows that offense. Not that that would mean anything in terms of the game, but like, um, imagine that, it has dude. evolved. Mike McCarthy I mean, it coming back be, to Lambeau. That would be a lot of fun, and I would love it because I love Mike, and I think he was such a good head coach for us, and I love him as a guy and as a coach. Yeah, that would be great. I think he'd get a really warm reception too. Oh, so I be, think that would that, be that would be really cool. Yeah, that would be great. And I think of course, his, his family still the lives in Green Bay, don't they? Yeah, he's always going to have a home in Green Bay. Yeah. If, whatever happens with the with the Cowboys, he's always going to be back in Green Bay, and that's that's his home, and that's where his family's from, and that's where they grew up, and this is. It's home for him, so love Mike McCarthy. But I think in terms of those four, those four teams, I think Dallas is the clear. Even though we just did what we did to L.A. and we did just beat the Cardinals, I think you know the Bucks are probably the hardest. If you look at Dallas, that's probably the easiest. Yeah, I think the Rams are the easiest, considering that we just beat them. And I don't think – I don't know. I just don't think – well, here's the thing, Braun. Any of these teams coming to Lambeau Field – I have a lot of confidence in the Packers' chances there. You don't seem very confident about the Bucks. Well, I, I, I said they're the best team in the league. That's, right. That's so, what I said. So, I mean, I can't even remember what we were talking about two minutes ago, Bron. I'm so tired here. Um, all right. Well, well any of these teams on my at level Lambeau here. Field, I just, I just think that we can beat any of these teams because it's such a shell shock for them like it was for the Rams, the Hollywood team, the, the Cowboys coming up to Lambeau. Um, Mike McCarthy's experienced it before. Don't know how many of those guys have been that cold before. So, uh, all these teams, I think, I think we would fare well against Kyler Murray. Even the Bucks, the Bucks. I'm well, asking you. I mean, I think the Bucks would give us the toughest, the toughest challenge. That's for sure. But I would still like our chances. I mean, I still okay. think we would be favored in that game. If the Bucks come out and they're for some reason, if they have like a similar record to us, 
Based on what they did to us last year, I'm assuming we would be the underdogs, even though it's at Lambeau. But I don't know. I'm, that's just my guess. This one from Danny. I don't know how to say this. L A I R D fifteen. Danny um says a rod back to back MVP. I mean, in a league with no good teams, there's no clear cut MVP in week thirteen. So I mean, there's really a shot. I mean, I think he's the third favorite right now behind Josh Allen and Tom Brady. Uh, uh, Tom Brady is probably going to run away with it. Yeah, Josh Allen. What is what? he doing there? What is he doing there? Josh Allen. Yeah, First of all, Josh no. Brady has nine picks. Oh, you think people care about that? I do. And also, we have a better record than them. Yeah, that's true. It's not um, Kyler. Rodgers missed a game. Do we not forget that? Like, Rodgers is sitting at, in terms of, everybody looks at touchdowns and interceptions. Rodgers has 23 touchdowns, three interceptions. Brady has 30 touchdowns, nine interceptions. Uh, they've played so Rogers and actually Rogers and Brady have played the same amount of games. Yeah, they've point, had the bye. <laughs> yeah, so okay, that that negates my one point, but still, I mean, Rogers <laughs> protects the football. Rogers protects the football, and plus, he has way more to do with it due to the fact that the Bucks have all these weapons on offense. The Packers have Devontae Adams, and they have other weapons, but they don't have Antonio Brown and Rob Gronkowski and Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. Like they don't have all those guys, like and OJ Howard and Cameron Bray. Like Packers don't have a tight end right now, apart from Mercedes Lewis. Like we have good receivers, we have a deep, deep receiving core, but like, we just don't have that same all-star crew that the Bucks have. So, to me, I think Aaron Rodgers is the MVP. This is to me more clear now than it was. I mean, after beating the Rams, like who have the Bucks beaten? Honestly, like we've beaten the Rams, we've beaten the Cardinals, we've beaten really good football teams. Like everybody they put in front of us, we're beating with Aaron Rodgers on the field, apart from our, our loss to the Vikings. I think Kirk Cousins is playing pretty well this year, but I don't think he's Rodgers level. So, um, yeah, I would say Rodgers. Well, that's should the be funny the thing about Kirk; he's not even in the conversation. So, well, I think people that's what happens when you're Kirk Cousins. More. Yeah, I mean, he I lined think... up under guard to take a snap on fourth down. Yeah, people year, care so. more about that than he than him him not really throwing picks this year, which is good good for him. But do you remember yeah, no. when he's when he uh, took a knee? Before. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's an iconic Kirk moment. Um, yeah. Oh, here's something that I wanted to talk to talk to you about, Bron. Um, obviously, we're big, big time Tom Brady haters. Tom Brady haters fan club over here. Um, Mac Jones looking like a young Tom Brady. That's really good for our brand, mm, right? Better than Brady as ever looked. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, yeah, it's really no, good for our brand, right? Yeah, right. Well, I mean, it's just like Belichick just found another guy. And yeah, like, that's what right, it is, man. That's what Tom Brady is. He's just another guy. Six-round pick, no talent before him at Bill Belichick. Nothing could negate what he's done more than if Mac Jones goes in and does the same thing. I'm That'd literally – I'm out here level. rooting for Mac Jones, bro. I'm rooting for Bill Belichick. I have been rooting for Belichick. I find myself still hating the Patriots, though. It's like, can they just go away sometimes? Yeah, I it is like that. that Brady's not there. Yeah. I just want Brady to go away, and I could. I don't mind if Belichick well, would go like away, Robert too. Like, Robert Kraft annoys me. Seeing him, like, all happy is just annoying. Like, what are you doing on a football field? What are you doing in the locker room, old man? Same with Jerry Jones. Every Cowboys touchdown, they got to show Jerry Jones. That's annoying, right? Oh, yeah, that is so funny. Like, when who he's... cares about this? Yeah, I don't Like, know. why do you I guys mean, show so Jerry funny. Jones? Show me Mike McCarthy. Let's see his happy face. All right, this is going to be the last <laughs> question here. Um, We've gotten two questions. We're done already. Oh my Man. god, Braun! I'm about to fall asleep. I need Wake that pick of Rogers, bro. I mean, just Google Aaron Rodgers and then sort by most recent. You'll probably find it. Which um, one are you talking about? 
that's what someone said. Uh, that's that's what Bankroll One said. I mean, the picture of him with Ramsey in the background. It's a pretty cool oh. picture. Great picture. Um, how many Packers o linemen does Donald have to choke to get flagged? That's what Josh. I keep forgetting to read the username. Josh underscore O B I S P O says how many Packers alignment is done. I'll have to choke to get flagged. That was um, interesting considering the fact that they the, flagged. Uh, I forget. I don't even remember. But the, with the pointing thing at where he pointed. Yeah, at the, that was. I mean, Clyde Donald literally. Last year. I mean, the ref's right yeah. there. That's the thing. Like, I mean, what is his argument for not throwing the flag there? Also, the hit on Darnell at the end we didn't even talk oh, about. Oh, my. God, dude, that was literally nasty. It grossed it's, me out. There's Ugh. no consistency with these referees. No, the refs suck, dude. They're awful. Well, and you know what else? There was a sack that that Kenny Clark sack. I was afraid they were going to call PI because, or not PI, uh, uh, roughing RTP? the passer. Yeah, RTP. <laughs> no one says that. <laughs> Nobody says that. But I was afraid they were going to call it because Clark literally landed right on Stafford, like hard, like just with his whole body weight. And that's what got Clay like kicked out of the league. Like that's why he's not on the team anymore. Yeah. Like this is, I mean, it's ridiculous. Like, what are they gonna do? Like, did they get? They went away from the roughing the passer. Then they went away from the PI when they started reviewing it. Now they're on the taunting, and they're probably gonna start reviewing taunting next year. Like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> they make taunting reviewable. Yeah, such an NFL. And that's the least of the, the taunting is like the least of their issues. Like they've I got know. these crazy Literally things that they're just issues. they just create these new issues for themselves. It's ridiculous. <laughs> We're gonna start flagging pointing and looking at a bench. Like what? Now, what are you yeah, doing? now the referees the referees have to stop what they're doing in terms of like watching the actual football game yeah. and now have to watch guys celebrating. Like it's like what who Wait, cares? are they celebrating? Like, are they friends or is he getting in his face? Uh, oh my gosh. And now he has to like do background checks on these guys like <laughs> mid game. Like has this guy ever celebrated before? If so, like has he how many times Did have these this guys guy been go to flying? college together? Oh my friends? gosh! Uh, moving on, I dot Van dot Ortega asks how long for Cobb to be out? Eh, not sure. Hopefully not very long because I'm going to be at the game. Obviously, Bear Killer, we need him. Yeah, Bear Killer, we need him. Um, AJ dot Gross twenty seven thoughts on the Packers being the best team in the NFL when fully healthy. Um, I as I said earlier, maybe the Bucks are a little bit ahead of them there, but they're definitely definitely. I up there. like us. You I like us, us better. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I like us That's better than cool. them. It's very predictable that way. <laughs> yeah, great. Um, yeah. Well, I just think that we have a better quarterback, honestly. That's what it comes down to. Yeah, better quarterback. Better quarterback. Better coach. Better coach. Way better coach. Way better coach. Better looking coach. People talk about Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, the GM. Tom Brady's the coach over there. Like, what does Bruce, Bruce Arians do? He punts on fourth down just, a lot. He blames Brady quite a bit for things that <laughs> it's aren't so his fault. Funny, dude. It's so funny Bruce when Aaron they like funny, he. Bro. He he's funny because like it's like he hates Brady for some reason and he's just doing it for the ring. It's like he literally. I think it's because like he has no responsibilities as head coach. Yeah. Like he just like Brady does everything and he's like, well, you want all the credit, you get all the blame too. Uh, Larson Nolan asks, why do you think our backup online dominated the Rams? I don't think they did. I think Rogers just got the ball out quickly because Donald was definitely blowing a lot of stuff up there. So was Von Miller. There was but, one uh, point where I mean they Yash, played well. They did what was asked of him. So what more can he ask for there? There was one point where Yash put Aaron Donald down on the ground. I forget what play it was, but like, he, I mean, Yash did not do bad. Like I thought, like he, like you said, he was holding up. But they definitely did not dominate. Like there was plenty of times where Rodgers did not have a lot of time in the pocket. 
but that's to be expected. That is a really good front, so you have to give them credit. Like that is that that's their bread and butter is getting to the quarterback. Like that they they've got the personnel that is really unmatched on most teams to getting to the quarterback, especially dominating the line of scrimmage up front. Um, so you have to give them credit for that. Like we can't, you can't expect them to dominate. The fact that we did, we had one sack, and it was that one where Rogers stepped up, and I think it was Gaines that um, made the sack, like at at the line of scrimmage or whatever. Like that's pretty good. Like they, he did not get sacked. So um, yeah, I thought the offensive line held up well, and I don't think it has much to do with anything apart from Rogers getting the ball out of his hands, and the offensive line doing just enough. They were just enough of a speed bump. This is the best question. I can't believe I missed this one. This is going to be the last one, too. Um, Mike Rivera, 085. Let's keep this short, Ron. What's the number one thing both offense and defense should focus on fixing? That's a great question. Well, long story. uh, No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Uh, But no, so in terms of the offense, uh, I've got an answer. The defensive answer, we've kind of talked about it a little bit. To me, it's the big plays now. I feel like just trying to get those big plays kind of eliminated. Um, Finding the right rotation when everybody gets healthy. Because what's going to happen when – those are the two things. What's going to happen when – Jair gets back like is it it's going to be Jair and who is it Chandon is Chandon going to stay there or are they going to do Rasul and are they going to do Stokes or is Stokes going to go to the bench because he's a rookie or is Kevin King going to play like there's a lot that they have to figure out and they can't be doing it on the fly I feel like they have to make those decisions and make them right so they don't have an Isaac Yidem situation where they put him in instead of Douglas and it costs us some points early on like we can't have that they need to make the decision and make the right one same thing when when Z gets back it's a little less complicated than the cornerback spot because we know it's going to be Z and Preston and Rashawn on the field a lot of the times together and they'll be able to spell each other that will be so great for them that that trio Uh, because otherwise it's been guys like Garvin getting a lot of snaps especially on early downs and then subbing back Preston and Gary in on third downs. So th- this will be good for the defense, and they just got to fix those big plays. But on offense, to me, they have to continue to do hurry-up stuff. They've got to get the ball out quick, and they've got to continue this good deep passing. That was the one thing I said multiple weeks ago. They need to get back to the deep passing, and ever since they got MVS back in these past couple weeks, they have been throwing the ball deep. They have to keep connecting with that. They got to get the running game going a little bit more, but other than that, I feel like we are on the right track on both sides of the football. You tried to keep it short. Well, I can go another like three minutes if you want. Offense. Here's my answer on offense: run the ball better. Uh, AJ Dillon is so good at getting yards after contact, but uh, I it'd be nice if he could get you know one yard or two yards before he has to truck someone, because then I think the offense is going to be a lot more productive. And when you're looking at things that are different about this year's and last year's offense, it, you definitely have to start on the ground game. Obviously, Corey Lindsley not being there makes a huge difference with all the inside stuff between the tackles. But uh, if we can just uh, David being back, I don't know what that does. I really don't know what that does. That doesn't do a whole lot, but maybe runs to the left side will be a little bit more efficient. But uh, also I want to play more within the LaFlorian offense because that's when this offense is at its best. When we get the ball out quickly, when Aaron just has to be the system quarterback who can make a big time throw every third down, that's, that's when the offense is at its best because he's a dime dropper, but he's also one of the best quick game quarterbacks of all time, as I said earlier. And every single time they go empty, I know it's going to be a mess of a play. And it almost always is. I don't know the last time that a successful, efficient play has happened with uh, no running back in the backfield. Just 
stop trying to do the McCarthy stuff. Stop doing the stuff that Aaron likes. LaFleur, just take control of the offense. Do the stuff that you like, and Aaron will like it too. Um, and, and I think – wait, hold on, hold on. I think Matt LaFleur has a lot to do with some of the empty stuff that's going on. I don't think it's Rodgers calling the plays. I mean, Matt LaFleur gives him the play call, puts the personnel out on the field – I mean, Matt LaFleur wants some of this empty stuff. Rodgers is part of the game plan, but he wants, he likes the empty. He likes that he has the best quarterback in the world. Like, he wants to throw the ball around. He wants to spread it out a lot of the times. It's both, it's everybody that, you know, I don't think there's any, I'm not opposed to emptying it out. Like, I'm not opposed to having five wide, nothing in the backfield. That's, sometimes we can do that against that two shell stuff, get some more underneath stuff and, and have that middle field open kind of thing going. You know, I, there's, I'm, I'm not opposed to it, right? The, but, like, but the thing is, it takes out all the illusion of complexity, which he doesn't even say anymore, but he used to say that all the time, Matt LaFleur. It, when you go empty, there's nothing. It's, what is this going to be? Is it going to be stick? Is it going to be slant flat? Or is it going to be four verts? It's going to be one of those things. And um, it's the defense just, they cover it always. And Aaron has to scramble out to the right, pump fake, scramble for one yard, or just throw it away. I swear to God, that's what happens every time. And... As, as we get into December, when if we can hopefully run the ball better, no one wants to tackle A.J. Dillon when it's cold outside. Um, maybe the LaFleur offense is going to is gonna work better for this, for this team, this offense, whatever. The defense, though, um, limit the big players, like you said. That's definitely something they have to do. Uh, get healthy. Z being back, Jair being back, obviously makes a huge difference. We've talked about that ad nauseum. Um, but as, other than that, there's really not a whole lot because this defense is winning – on early downs, they're stopping the run very well. It's just these past two weeks, it's been the deep ball, which has really been a killer for them. And a lot of that comes from how aggressive they are because they've gotten so many pass breakups on stuff underneath, especially against the Rams, where they were crashing on everything. The pick six came from Rasul Douglas just crashing down on Cooper Cup. Stafford threw it anyway. But uh, it's they're so aggressive. And sometimes that doesn't really work out when you have – Van Jefferson one-on-one with Chandon Sullivan because Darnell Savage crashes down on a crossing route. But that's going to happen there. And um, it's kind of what we saw with Mike Pettin. It's kind of a similar brand of defense there. But if they can just clean up some of the deep stuff, I'm sure they're going to do a lot of self-scouting over the bye week. But um, that's going to do it. We've done a lot of rambling this podcast. Uh, It's currently 1 a.m. where I live and where you live, Ron. I don't know why I said that like you live in a different time zone. But, um... Yeah, that's going to do it. We'll be back next week. No game, obviously, the bye week, so no game to preview. So next week, I don't know what we're going to do. Maybe we'll have Mason back. It depends. If if you follow Packer Post on Instagram, DM him to come on the podcast. Um, Good idea. Yeah, we're trying to get him back on. But <sighs> Thanks for listening. He'll be, I, he, he'll be back. He, like, he wants to come back for, you know, he's retired, he says. Packers page so we'd like to get him on for the maybe you know hopefully not a one-off but we'd like to have him on a little more often than we have the past year um, yeah but yeah he's great so at he's he's a great guy at Packer posts if you remember that page if you probably still follow that page shoot him a DM tell him to come back on the today and title time Packers podcast uh we'll be back next week thanks so much for listening this far if you have rate us on iTunes and Spotify and Google podcasts wherever you get your podcasts subscribe on YouTube comment on YouTube like share with your mom uh DM us on Instagram and Twitter at today in title town uh DM me or follow me and Braun at Lambo leapers and at all day Packers and uh, is that everything? I think so. Good night, America. Go Petco. You remember that? I don't know how. Or that's ridiculous what you say there, like all that 
either follow this, like this, comment this. It's like I have no idea what you're saying. But anyway, <laughs> thanks for listening, everybody. It was another good episode. A lot of random talk, but we're always um, excited to chat Packers. So keep listening. Please share with everybody. Every Packers fan you know, let them know. Come listen to this podcast. We're going to answer more fan questions the following week and enjoy the rest and relaxation during this bye week. Thanks for listening, everybody. Go Pack Go. This has been a fun season, Ron. I just have to say that. this It's been fun. It's been so fun. Yeah, yeah. that was – I love doing this. This has been a great season. Just yeah, like last year was so fun. This has been another yeah. great season. So it's good to reflect, right? We're in the bye week. It is. Time it's to reflect really nice. a little bit, right? It's nice to yeah. reflect on it and just enjoy. We've, we've come far. We're in a – how great is it? We didn't know what was going to happen in the offseason. We're here now, and, and Rodgers is here, and we're 9-3. and three in position to potentially get that one seed again. If not, we're going to make the playoffs, right? Like we're back. We're in this spot again. We have another shot at it. And I'm thankful for that. And of course, I'm always thankful to chat with you, Griff. Of course. Go Pack Go. Thanks, everyone. All right. Jesus. It's really 1-11 a.m. Bro.